This time on TNT. I want to vax you up. The latest on the pandy. It's a scat frog. And does Ozzy Osbourne really have Neanderthal DNA? That's all coming up right now on TNT. Hello. I feel like buds don't even know. Buds don't even know that we have a, a frequent ongoing text relationship and we text back and forth a lot yeah um but mostly our phone conversations are like hey bud you ready yeah you ready okay let's record so our catching up actually happens during the podcast which is good it's great like uh how letterman would do it yeah exactly i don't want to hear it i don't want to hear it wait a second yeah i don't don't want to meet you in the green room i just want to see you out there yeah and part sure. of it is because it's uh, fresh and we can actually genuinely catch up and not retread things that we already know. But another yeah. part of it is because life is busy and kids are around and finding an hour sometimes is more of a challenge than it needs to be. It, that's the case most with uh, different personalities afoot and, and cha- things that change. And uh, yeah, yes. I think uh, it would have to be... Uh, yeah, it's, it, it would have to be like to, to do to, like if we had to do more than an hour, it would have to be like really to the point of like, OK, now we're working nights, too, now. Well, all right. So and doing, if we're doing a shift after dinner, then if we're putting it all out there, TNT yeah. is a really fun hobby, but it's not our job. Totally. So to find it, like exactly to find a few hours a week to do multiple episodes is, for, is a for, challenge yeah. for that. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. So if if uh, if some crazy math wants to uh, turn the turn the hobby into a jobby, heck yeah! On the sponsor on the sponsor tip, we will be we could do five a week. We Go could for do it. it! Like uh, like uh, what's his face Rogan there? Joe Rogan. <laughs> what's it every day like four hours? Rogsy. <laughs> this is the thing though, as as a freelancer, and and the the thing about being a freelancer is. You often have job insecurity because you don't really know where your next gig is coming from, which is a sort of stress in and of itself. But I've just kind of arrived at the point where I think, well, it's been something has been coming along for 30 years now. So the odds are pretty good that something else will come along. But the thing that I actually find suffocating or the thing that freaks me out is like if we were doing mornings on whatever radio station and suddenly it's like tomorrow morning we have to do three hours that freaks me out i don't know how those people do it and don't get me wrong i'm not i'm not uh not judging the gig with a stick it's it's awesome and high profile and all that stuff but that to me makes me feel suffocating because then i instantly think well what about all the other things i like doing (laughs) yeah for sure which is so weird Well, it's a, if you're doing a morning radio show, that takes up your whole day, pretty much. Yeah. Not just the morning, because you have to actually write the show. Yeah, exactly, because the good ones so, are written yeah. and planned and produced and all that stuff. Or, yeah, at least at least uh, get ready so it's like you just knock it over the next morning, as opposed to burling in there at 5 o'clock, just like with, okay, what's the top of my head today? See, and the people that work in sports, especially, like, I, I guess if you're doing a morning radio show and you, you want to know what happened on The Bachelor last night, you're probably talking about the uh, Colton who uh, came out of the closet. That's a big, like, um, media story. Ben Mulrooney and Jake yeah. Tapper trading barbs um, as gentlemen on Twitter. Like, you have to be up and versed in all that stuff. And I was thinking yeah. about when we did TSN radio and how, you know, Leafs this oh, and what's sure. happening and all this stuff and I saw the name Jonas Siegel today and I was like where do I know that name oh from doing TSN radio yeah when it's like our oh, Jonas is phoning in from the road he had a bit of a exchange with Dominic Fanuf last night I think that was a time that it happened but I wonder if if your beat is so laser focused like I write about the Toronto Maple Leafs oh yeah there must be some days where well, you're that- like I don't I don't know what to say. I don't know what to say well, about them. I've said everything. I know I know from like if I did a a couple weeks in a row, like you have to 
you go from like a TSN ten fifty, you, you have you go from being a fan of sports to actually having to watch every sport. Right. And catch up with what's happening. So yeah, it's a lot of work watching uh, looking at all the statistics, so, uh, picking at least three or four people from each team that you're about to talk about that's uh, something to talk about. You know, that's Woof. a lot of stuff. Or, or you feel like an idiot, right? If you, don't, if you don't do that work, it's not fun at all. You're like, uh, who's that? Or what are we talking about? But I, and I know from, from when we were doing radio, if we uh, had like... Uh, reporters that have to cover all sports from the papers calling in even they sometimes if they were on the road covering the Leafs had no idea not all of them but some of them that that uh you know are focused on one thing and actually some of the the more cheeseball kind of writers that more write headlines as opposed to actual statistics generally those guys are like well i'm doing this so i have no idea what's going on with the raptors right now i don't don't let's not talk about that <laughs> well so i wonder if that too if, if you're a journalist for example the trump years were as shocking and terrible and uh you know uh, emotionally taxing for everyone but i wonder if yeah. secretly at least every day you're like, well, I know what I'm writing about today. He found new ways to <laughs> shock yeah. and, and uh, lower the bar and stuff. And in in the same way, I wonder if some sports journalists who've been around for a long time, like the, the COVID bubble and the challenges and the Canucks and all that stuff gives you some, some new angle, something different to write about in a way. Yeah. I find if you, wa- if you watch 90% of it and read the rest of what happened, then you're, if you know what's happening, you can rely on your personality and your opinion so much easier than having to kind of deke out of, you know, situational uh, topics that your mind is going to go, I don't know anything about this, so I'm going to feel like I'm eight in grade eight trying to talk to the class. Like, that comes right back, right? I know. Well, And, and that's why I, I was uh, anxious a little bit about doing TSN radio because I thought people are going to ask about specific batting averages and stuff and it's easy to get blown (laughs) up, right? Totally. Because there's kind of, there's two ways to enjoy sports. One is watching the game and seeing the outcome and then the second is those guys that are like, well, Dion McGuigan uh, doesn't like facing left-handers. Like those people, I'm not a that guy. Yeah. Well, I mean, that's the other thing. Like if, and because you have to love sports to cover them. But even when when you're when you're doing it on a grind, every single day, yeah, uh, a lot. That's why you see a lot of dudes gamble, just to keep the juices flowing, right? So they, well, I'm gonna follow it because I got the uh, you know twenty bucks riding on this. Wait, is that and a known that, thing? Well, with a lot of sports, because it, it, I think it's like the the trickle down of how major sports athletes are, and. Like you have the guys that are so focused, like the Sidney Crosby's, that they go to bed at ten o'clock and you don't know anything other than that. Jack Eichel but, with the two ice baths on game day. Yeah, but there's a lot of guys out there that 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 uh, like to get loose, gam- <laughs> gamble like gamble like crazy. The gambling is nuts, you know. And I don't know if it's the same with the younger generations, but I remember seeing guys. Like I won't mention names, but on like Saturdays with like six TVs in the in their living room, and it's like, what's going on? Well, I got two hundred and fifty grand going today Whoa. on all these different football games. <laughs> Whoa, <laughs> yeah, man. And it's like they're chatting with their buddies that are in the same realm of like you know like Jordan and and you hear about all these guys that gamble hundreds of thousands of dollars every day charles barkley it's it's a a way i think for them to continue to maintain that that competitive i guess so yeah ideal right they had with 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 actual physical sports to uh mental sports in a way because they have to know so sorry so much about what's happening to put money on it like college football for example like the amount of knowledge you need to know of who's good and what's about to happen and 
the depth of the players and uh, the injuries and all that stuff. It's like, can you imagine? It's, it's, it's crazy. So uh, that trickles down from that, those guys and girls to the, uh, the broadcasts and journalists that cover the sports. That kind, it's kind of part of the culture in a sense. So you have the wannabe guy that wants to kind of be that person in a sense. But, you know, you also have people that just uh, it's it's easier for them to, to uh, have an interest in the sport to have a couple bucks on it. But it's a slippery slope because uh, I've seen friends of mine like be on a streak and they'll just continue the streak until the money's gone. Like. Oh, uh, you know the Leafs won. I'm going to double the double it tonight. Wow! And they win again. Oh, I've got to double it. I mean, it's got to, it's it's just rot. <laughs> and then they win again. It's like, well, I mean, they won three in a row, so obviously I'm doubling it again. And it's gone. Then they didn't win three in a row, <laughs> and then they're all upset. I so, feel like I'm like partying the- when I buy like two <laughs> mucho donaire o scratch tickets <laughs> once a year. And they're five bucks uh, each. I, I myself have uh, been that way in Vegas, where I, I uh, got into playing blackjack and 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 was next thing you know, I'm, I'm like spent five thousand dollars in a day, where I was up nine grand, but went the other way, just because I'm bored on a weekend. What in, else in you Vegas. doing? And I got yeah, but it, it's. Uh, it's really a, 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 a thing in sports, the gambling part. I mean, you see it everywhere. It's, it's outrageous. Well, it's interesting because I feel like um, there are so many people that work in sports but aren't athletes like uh, our buds, like uh, Frankie, who does uh, video content for the Oilers, and Andrew Stokely, who does audio for uh, the Jays. Um, mm-hmm. Not to lump them into the gambling category. No, but I'm but sure lifestyle wise, I guess I mean lifestyle wise, like you're traveling with the team or you're on the road that much. And I guess when that's your lifestyle, um, every, there are di- different personality types kind of put in the time different ways. Some people like to go see yeah. a museum when they're in a new town. Some people uh, blow off steam in other ways. It's it's yeah. a grind. Doesn't matter what you're doing. Yeah. Like all these, you know, like I, I don't think Rod Black bets on sports. How do you know? I don't think he does, but he hangs out with Barkley. <laughs> Maybe they're gambling buddies. Or, oh, do you know what maybe. I heard? <laughs> no, but it, like, oh, like if you're like, do you think Bobby Mack fires a twenty on a on on sports for kicks? Yeah. <laughs> I heard a I great story today, and it was kind of in vague terms, and it was on the down low about something that happened in the 70s about uh, there was a horse from here, and it went down to the States, and they purposely threw a couple of races, but they knew how fast it could be, and then they brought in a ringer for a driver and beat oh, the entire man. field. Yeah, made a bunch of money, and they had to fly the guy out of there in a hurry. What? Yeah, yeah. The, the whole, like, throw a couple races to th- make everyone think... Oh, oh man! Oh yeah, that's hardcore. Yeah, but think of the money you could make. That's crazy. It's it's so it requires that's like a healthy awareness of your own ego because you have to be okay with people being like, oh, better luck next time." And that's like uh, like boxers going down or something. Like yeah, a great fighter all of a sudden out of the blue taking a dive. Yeah, because somebody gave him you know. Five hundred million dollars to do it. So, hey, come on, Connor, Connor McGregor, you yeah. gotta take this fall here. I guess <laughs> more money than you'd ever make in your life. Here's two billion dollars. I, I mean, not that. Not I'm not saying that happened, but if uh, that's the kind of money that they'd have to be throwing around for those guys to think about something like that, that's got to be billions because they're making a hundred million a fight anyway. I know. It's like, well, he's going to stick a finger in your eye, and you're going to make it bleed, and it's going to be man. bulbous for five hundred million. Uh, uh, that to me gets more on the fantasy side of things, those stories. But I, I think uh, the amount of people that that find it's easier to kind of enjoy it to even throw five bucks down, and not, I don't. I'm not even saying that that's a bad thing. 
I'm saying it's just a slippery slope if you start thinking you have control. Well, because that's how it works. The the sort of um, umbrella category of what we're talking about is lifestyle, and I've been doing a lot of corporates uh, the last couple of weeks, and as you know, usually they're in Vegas and face to face and in ballrooms, and most of the people that come to these meetings are salespeople. And yeah. imagine being a salesperson over the last year when you're used to charming your way past someone at the front of a doctor's office or you have 20 seconds and have to convince someone your product is good. Um, it's interesting hearing through uh, their sort of um, you know senior leadership team like, I know you guys are worried uh, about flight, like airline status and your rental yeah. car company status. Like, those are the things that are huge parts of their everyday life that actually make a big difference in how they uh, enjoy life on the road. Like, those kind of things. Um, uh, but here's... kind of like, I'm, sh I'm sure, like, the, not those guys, but the... The crunch crunch guy, like that guy, he's all about that shit. That's like his thing. Big time. Million, million miles club and all that across the board. Well, you know. Preferred. <laughs> on, a, on a different scale, of course. But I have, yeah. I have certain little things that I like. I like when there's a waffle maker in the lobby. Sure. Like it, you, you do kind of get set in your ways, maybe, the more well, no, but you're on the you, road. If you... No, but if you get like a certain status, you can like stay at like the Fairmont because of your miles, as opposed to like an, uh, a hotel that wouldn't have the waffle rocking for right. the exact same price that you're going just because you're rocking on those on, on the, <laughs> the coattails of, of the the gig. Well, I know I I talked about this at the time, but National Rental Car has I forget what it's called the whatever club. Oh, Andrew Stokely That's told one. me this. You got that one where you walk to the car with the keys in it? Well, he, but one? even better. Andrew Stokely taught me this. Mr. On the Road Blue Jays sound guy um, yeah. taught me, because he's road banging a lot, that national rental car will status match. So if you have a certain status with an airline, they'll be like, you know what? You have that status here. And what that means at national rental car is you can walk to this alley and just pick any car. And it's a little thing, but maybe you want a red Chevrolet Cruze instead of a silver Elantra. And just that simple power well, I, is so yeah. intoxicating. But I think and I think National is it, though. That's the only one I'll ever go to. They're the only ones who ever, ever have cars. Well, why aren't and they like sponsoring the, us then? Exactly. But aren't they, don't they like... Uh, Emerald Club, buds. It's the Emerald Club. Well, a lot... That market, like just the rental car business has been crushed in the last like 10 years. And they're kind of one of the few that have survived that. It's and wild. And they bought up some masks. They, didn't they buy up some masks? I don't know. I think they did. So this isn't like, this is an interesting <laughs> thing. I was doing, I was doing a corporate gig this week and this, this has never occurred to me, but of course this is the case. Um, this company, uh, obviously, you have to spend your own money when your product is being developed. So you put your own millions and sometimes billions of dollars into R&D. And then you're waiting on the FDA approval, right? Yeah. Once your, your medication is approved, then you're allowed to sell it. So what a lot of them do is they'll assemble a sales team before it gets FDA approval because they think it's getting close and they have reason to believe they'll probably get it and they want to hit the ground running. So... There's a limited window before other people kind of crack the code and start selling generic, cheaper versions of what you made. So you hire a sales team and get them up to speed. Here's how we're going to do it. Here's what our thing does. You, they practice sales calls on each other, whatever. So in the case of this particular company, they got this uh, medication out on the market, was crushing it. Their sales team was out there. Everyone's making uh, good dough. Morale is high. Then COVID. So two, two things happen. Uh, one, their production gets stopped to make room to produce vaccines. So you can't even make your thing anymore. Like, aside from the fact that you're suddenly trying to get a doctor to click a Zoom link, you can't even go see them. You can't go sell your thing. Then you actually don't have 
product to sell. That would never have occurred to me. And the second thing is all your patients that are on your product because they're not manufacturing it right now because they're making vaccines can't get more of the medication that they're on. So aside from getting a sort of kick in the teeth with um, car rental status and, and, and airline status, imagine trying to do that job, which is often largely commission, largely based on face-to-face relationships when you don't have the physical proximity. And in some cases, you don't even have the thing to sell. Crazy. Like just, just yeah. sometimes like we're um, sailing along and uh, bucking up and making the best of it and bright siding it. And then some, sometimes you just hear things that you're like, man, the ripples of this thing, the tentacles are so far reaching that it kind of doesn't matter what job you do. It's been impacted in some way. And I think of that when I see Amazon delivery people in a, a seven-passenger Ford Windstar roll into my driveway on Saturday morning with a package. Like, just the way the world works has changed a lot. I know. It's, well, I mean... That, <clears throat> It's 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 uh the big it's almost like a migraine is is what the uh pandemic has been one long one and right now where I am it's never been worse it's almost 5000 cases today Isn't that crazy it's, when you think about the last year and how much has changed and how many sacrifices you made it's the worst yeah. it's ever been now yeah, I know Yeah so it's just uh hard lockdown and uh hope you know you kind of just hope at this point that vaccines can roll out faster right now you you can you have to be in my area this is a hot spot of york region so it's over 50 can go so you know still waiting here but uh it just uh, has to be going faster in that regard. It's just I, I can't believe how uh, slow it's been where it, there's still a million vaccines sitting in freezers and there's been like hundreds of thousands only. I know that the, at least most of the seniors have been taken care of. But, man, I hear about friends in America. They've been done for a month. Yeah. Everybody. All of them. So just a real pain. Yeah, what did Biden do? 250 million people in the first 100 days in office or something? Some astronomical figure. Well, it was just back back on track of how it should have been in the first place. And it's it's just uh, Rob, Rob, Doug Ford has been blowing it big time here. You you know, you can't blame the federal government as much as Justin Trudeau is not my, like, I'm not a fan of him, but they're there. They're in the freezers here. So you can't blame the federal government for getting them out any faster in Ontario. So it's just been a complete mess. I don't know what's happening, but it's a mess and it's all his for- fault and I can't wait to vote him out. This is something that I sad. learned um, this week. Um, there, There's some vaccine hesitancy, especially in people kind of, you know, 30s and 40s. Uh, generally speaking, it sounds like the perception at least is that uh, it might be a rural population who's like, this doesn't apply to me. I'm not going to get this done. And one of the key central arguments for vas- vaccine hesitancy is it was rushed to market. And one of the um, uh, most interesting things I've heard recently is picking up where I left off talking about the corporate things they companies have to use their own money to do R and D. Um, yeah. Often, what what takes so long getting something to market is you have to sell some of uh, drug A, take a little of that money to invest it in the R and D of drug B, and um, you know it's a slow burn. You have to decide. I, I don't know the numbers, but sometimes you can spend years developing something and nothing comes of it, or someone else beats you to it, or there's a better one sooner, or the the need for it goes away, or by total fluke, another medication happens to fix the thing that you were trying to fix, and it, that's discovered by accident. Mm-hmm. So the misconception is that it takes a long, long time to get a product to market because of all the tests. But in the case of the vaccine, there was such a 
vested interest from all pharma companies and such a global need for it, they just put unlimited resources into finding something that worked. So people it hasn't mi- it been in development. It's been in development for twenty years. I heard. Oh really? Yeah, like this the model right and certain vaccines. I think it's like can be exchanged based on what the actual virus is. Oh wow! But the building and the starting of this vaccine that they're working with, I heard, goes back twenty years. Oh wow! In development. Yeah. Well, the, the the case that I heard made was. It feels like it's been rushed to market, but in fact, it's just that every resource from every pharma company and all the money in the world, because obviously they had a vested interest in being the first ones to crack it. There's a lot of money Mm -hmm. to be made. So it was just all hands on deck that got it out faster, and it was a priority and need. And everyone was sharing information. That's not why it's not just one company, because everyone had this... That probably 80% of the tools that you need or the, the ingredients that you need, that was probably already shared from this big, you know, this long amount of, of testing that's been happening and research for 20 years built into the bulk of what the, the end result is. Makes sense. Yikes. Um, but I know I've driven past the place in town where uh, they're doing vaccines and especially a couple of weeks ago when it was, you know, seniors in their 80s and 90s. And I just found it very moving to drive by and see sore shouldered octogenarians walking out of that place. Like, what a relief. It was just, you know, the real um, a real sign that the end is nigh. Of course, it it isn't entirely something that's behind us but um so then what happens once everyone's vaccinated then what then we get back to things partying what well do we last time (laughs) like well eventually what do you what do you mean you think uh like you you, uh things will be probably affected for a while for a long time in terms of how uh you know, wearing masks has stopped a lot of people getting the flu and colds. I mean, that nobody has a problem with that part of what's happened. No, it's amazing. Pandemic. So, yeah. So, so I have. I, I think you keep the best parts. Uh, business will probably change. A lot of companies are, will maintain probably working from home with with a lot of people because they're saving the space in terms of you know leasing or uh, having to have buildings in downtown places. Okay, so pick but, a date in your mind that you and I are at Amigos in Saskatchewan, in Saskatoon, doing a TNT show live. Well, I, pick a date. People are, ta- people are talking about uh, fall 2021. No but way. I think, that's, I think that's a little bit, a little far-fetched, but I think 2022... Uh, soon in will be when there will be definitely uh, live shows. Um, will it be people packed together? Maybe not that way, but there'll be a lot of people there, and that's that's definitely the case where the things will be back to normal in that sense, where it'll be crowds. So I don't know, and maybe full crowds soon after. Like look at look at Australia and New Zealand. They're you having- look at it. They're having full events that are no different than they would have, you know, pre-pandemic. So, uh, you you just keep your eye on the numbers. Obviously, if if thing if there's outbreaks, that you have to do a proper lockdown, um, and that's been kind of the issue for I think in Toronto, you have number one communities that are being really affected there's not vac- vaccination happening there from day one no different than long-term care f- facilities having them vaccinated uh fast enough because here we are in this third wave and most if all if not i think well all the ltc seniors have been vaccinated and you have no cases anymore hmm. so um you just keep your eye on the numbers but they made a mistake in not getting vaccinations to those hot spots and not getting paid sick leave to the frontline workers in those hot spots like Peel 
and in Toronto where neighborhoods are, are crammed together where you don't have the option to be, uh, you know, away from other people six feet, whether it be the, 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 the situation in their apartment buildings or whatever it is, they, they, um, they had, they, you have to look at the, where the issues are and get help there. What is that rod mask that went away at Christmas doing, I wonder? Remember? Well, and then there's, yeah, well, then there's the tools that actually gather in cities saying no masks and anti-masks and those idiots. Like, they should be shot into space. Like, that to me is, uh, <laughs> it's, it's, it's so against productivity and non, it's so non-humane to think that science is wrong and everybody's a sheep for wanting to wear a mask and getting a vaccine. Like those people should be uh, put on no fly lists and they should be remembered for their remarks saying stuff like that. So such an anti-humanity approach well, to, to, to call that stuff, uh, ma- making fun and mocking people that are, you know, are, are dealing with COVID or uh, wearing a mask shopping. Like it's just disgusting. I was just talking. I was talking to someone a few days ago who said, "You know, I just have different beliefs," and it's there are there are two versions of that person. One is I feel like it doesn't apply to me. Um, no one in my family or uh, group of friends has gotten it, so I don't really see it in my world. So it's not relevant, which is sort of uh, a little ignorant. And then there's the other end of that pendulum, which is the people that are super informed and just believe that the risk of getting a vaccine is worse than the risk of getting COVID. And in a way, I I sort of, I understand that more because it, it's at least you're forming an opinion based on research. I don't, I don't agree with it. But at, at least it's, well, it's like informed. But but this like flagrant, I I don't believe it. Like you don't believe science. You don't believe epidemiologists. You don't believe it's contagious and you can get it. Yeah, from standing. You don't believe masks help. You don't believe yeah. four thousand people died in Brazil on one day. Like what? What do you mean yeah. believe? No, that's the problem. So what happens that's to them masks? Stupid. That don't get it, don't get the vaccine. Uh, they they go back under their rocks. That's those are troglodytes. I know, those but them troglodytes just... are in line behind me at Sobeys, <laughs> sneezing on me. Then what? What do you mean? There's are they? Well, I, I assume mean, there like are if... people that don't think it well, applies to them all around me everywhere I go all the time. Yeah. Well, I mean, I'd like to think it's not like. A large percentage. I'd like to think it's probably like 5% of the population. And they're just idiots. Because that's how many... If it's 5%, that's why it's max. Like, you know, a couple thousand people that get together downtown Toronto or Calgary and Edmonton and in this walk around in the streets. That's, that's not a huge percentage of a city. So what's that's worse, those guys or Rod Mathstein who pre-taped... A video wishing his constituents well, a Merry Christmas beside a Charlie no, Brown tree. I know. The, it, no, the, the Kennys of the world and that guy who splits and, and the guys who sympathize with, like, you know, any of that where they're like, oh, I don't know about this vaccine. They want to change. They want a bill where uh, Canadians won't be forced to take vaccines if for the for the good of mankind in terms of science. Like... Uh, that to me, if, if is is an issue. Like if you're thinking that that's that's believing of this deep state and talking about dominion, uh, uh, voting machines and all that BS. Like that t- that stuff is just like ridiculous. Well, here's you the might as well go ahead. Here's here's the other uh, other aspect of this. And um, six eighty news in Toronto just put out a quote from a member of Ontario's vaccination task force. That says, what's left in the freezer? AstraZeneca. A lot of it. It's not exactly flying off the shelves for the 55 plus crowd, unfortunately. Like, a a lot of 
people would rather not get vaccinated than get one of the specific types. Do you have a preference? What do you mean? If you're 60 years old and don't want to no, get No, if you were going to get vaccinated and they said, do you want Moderna or AstraZeneca, do you have a preference? Or are you like, I don't care, just put uh, some in my arm quick? Yeah, I'd be say just shove it in me. Because it's like no different than, you know, blood, they're talking about blood clots. It's almost like, uh, Qu- you know, Qantas Air had no crashes, so they're perfect. <laughs> you know what I mean? <laughs> How, what's I think the, perchan- the chances of getting a blood clot on a flight is like one in 10,000 or something. It's not that crazy. It's Blood not clock. insane. I remember uh, but, Snow. But in terms of like, yeah. Snow on that CBC show we did uh, called uh, Police Officer Blood Clot. Oh my God. And that was, I think, the last thing he that's, said before he was arrested. Oh my God. So yes, that's up there with, remember Rob Ford ripping the patois and the... Queen, the state queen? No. All banged up? I, yeah. I remember when he was in he was state all, queen, I didn't know he was <laughs> speaking patois. He was patois. banged up, like, f- falling back and forth, and he was ripping some patois, like, just, yeah. Of the people, my ass. Okay, you know, um, I was telling you a couple weeks ago, the girls play Would You Rather? This is not yeah. Would You Rather. Well, who would you rather, Rob Ford or Doug Ford? Neither. You have to pick They're one. All they're shit stains. You have to pick one. <laughs> well, obviously Rob, because at least he would probably get banged up and fall asleep in the corner then. And you don't have to talk with him. Doug would just be hacking darts and talking the whole time. Folks. How about Randy, the older brother that like had like he got caught for he was like he's got issues like uh he has a charge with from kidnapping or something. That's no. Insane. <laughs> yeah. You know, if you see Randy there, you're really in trouble. <laughs> Randy Ford. He's the worst. Yeah. He's the Tiffany. Randy! He's Here the comes Tiffany Randy! Trump. I think he's the older brother, like the bigger older brother. Like, look out! You're co- like the bully of the bullies. Randy Ford. How have I been sleeping on Randy? <laughs> Don't sleep on Randy. Do you have a picture of him? What do you mean? Do you want me to send it to you? Well, yeah, can you see I am looking? Randy Ford. That's like, hi, this is uh, Tim Cruise. Randy Ford. Oh. Oh, there he is. Okay. Oh, my gosh. Oh, boy. What? Look it up. What's he done? There's some like. Oh my gosh, at, he's the heavy duty one. <laughs> look at he's like the crime boss. He's right. He's oh the guy wow! At the last level. You don't even know he existed, and then all of a sudden you're all tied up with a ball in your mouth. <laughs> <laughs> Whoa! I got past Rob. Oh man, that was really hard. Oh no, here comes Doug. <laughs> Oh, shit. I, I put his head in the oven. He's d- done. Oh, my God. Who's that? Randy. He comes uh, at you like bull rushes you from the ground. He's the, do I have to do everything myself? He's yes. that brother. You want to get something done? Whoa. He's got the rope. He grabs the rope and gets, you know, the car starts. Well, I'll tell you something. In the picture I just sent you, Rob oh, smiling man. and Doug smiling, Randy ain't smiling. <laughs> Randy ain't smiling. <coughs> Whoa. Randy, don't play. Randy, don't play. Oh, that's uh, that's scary. I know people that grew up with them in Etobicoke. And? They were always just tough bully guys that ran the neighborhood so in the same way that like isn't that snow's neighborhood do you think snow and rob ford know no, each other because they're no their their dad was loaded for you know some of that is not an angle blame the, the, the their dad owned like the dunder mifflin of toronto that's the, that's the paper sign company really right? that's why all the toronto and all the ontario signs are I think probably through that company. 
No way. Deco. Yeah, man. Side gigs, baby. Oh, so they're making all kinds of Skrilla. Oh, man. I don't, yeah, I don't even not want to talk about it. Just like, are they. Look it up. That, I had no idea. I'm going all in. You know. The, <laughs> You're going into a, a Ford worm. Well, you know when you, um, when you type someone's name and net worth is one of the options? Yeah. What the clam? Take a guess what these celebrity net worth websites say Rob Ford is worth. Oh, they're all ridiculous, those things. Guess. I don't know, seven million bucks or something? Fifty. What? Fifty. Oh, he's got a piece of the action in the company. The multinational printing and labeling business earns an estimated hundred millsy a year. There you go. Um, and has made the Ford family extremely wealthy. He spent summers attending special football camps with the Redskins and University of Notre Dame with the Washington football team, rather. Yeah. Attended Carlton. He made the football team it. at Carlton. Yeah. Didn't play any games and then dropped out uh, before his sophomore year. <laughs> Imagine. Imagine him in grade 11. Started coaching high Come school on. football. Wow. Putting teachers in, putting teachers in lockers. 50 Millsy. I wonder what. Yeah. Wow. He partied, he partied <coughs> himself out the door, man. Out the door. <laughs> right? Again, it's, it's one of those um, moments where if my computer ever got confiscated, like, did you look up? Doug Ford's net worth? I can explain. Yes or no, Mr. Torrens? Yes. Nothing further. (laughs) Wow, I didn't realize those guys were rolling with that kind of cake. Yeah. Rich, rich, growing up rich. Crazy. You know what? I was just thinking the last time I went out, and because you're talking about, uh, this is someone who knows about gambling and sports, is Richard Garner, our bud. Oh, sure does. The last time... Last time I went out was with him, Toolsy, and uh, Gary LeBlanc. Gary Gautami? That, that, not, that night when uh, David Ayers was the goalie, the throw-in goalie. Yeah. Remember that night? Last, that was like the last night I was in a bar. No way. Like, out. Yeah. That's and a Richard fun Garner combo. There, but, but, but I'm pretty sure Richard Garner might have had some Skrilla on something that night. It was like... I don't know what it was. Maybe a, a UFC fight. Or no something. way. But that guy knows about gambling, man. He yeah, he knows everything about it. And who's he? He's like very uh, like he could tell you some crazy stories about gamblers. We should have him on. I <laughs> yeah, guess when we again when we're back face to face and able to do a pod together. We but should, that's the uh, thing. It's like he, he, he you can't because it's like he'll, he tells you who's like the, who did the crazy stories and you can't tell those stories on here. Well, I want to know that. You can't blow some up. Some of them are like people we know that are like, wow. <clears throat> I like, I like so you when, when you <laughs> sort of allude to it and everybody knows who you're talking about, but you don't come right out and say it. <laughs> like those. <laughs> Well, just like somebody wrote in last week on Twitter, sometimes they think that you you know what I'm talking about, but then you'll just keep asking, what do you mean? Yeah. And I think that's true for sure. Like the uh, salt guy or, or the, uh, what was the, uh, what was it the guy that tweeted in saying that you, you uh, there's no way, how do you not know this? Drifting. Was it a movie? Oh, the drifting. Yeah, it was yeah, drifting. That, that, yeah. And you, you thought yeah, movie so because I, you were thinking it was from uh, Fast and Furious. Fast and the Furious, yeah. The, the, uh, the, I don't believe those times were the case, but I do believe there's other times when you're like, you just want to hear the whole story. Yeah. <laughs> or, the, or the whole, like, take. So who, so, who in your uh, career have you come across that you were like, man, that guy's nuts? <laughs> what do you mean like oh well yeah i remember 
like guys that partied really hard. Yeah, they're like, got, man, they died. They died. Yeah, so it's not really funny or like cool. But like, yeah, I remember lots of guys. It's just like, yeah, man, that guy's like always the last guy up, and just crushed. And then you hear they OD'd or whatever, had cirrhosis of the liver or something. So yeah. Wow, you'd have to pound a lot, wouldn't you? Like for your liver to be well, affected. Yeah, well, the liver is that. Yeah, I mean, it's amazing how, like, it's how how strong I guess it is. The liver is super strong if you let it uh, get back. Like, if you're drinking a lot, it can take a lot of action. If and you stop drinking, it'll come back. Their liver is an amazing organ in that regard. But if you go too far and it's like done, that's it. There's no turning back. Really, it will. Um... It will rebound, though? It will rebound, yeah, depending on how, you know, how banged up it is. But it will rebound amazingly. If it, uh, like, look at Duff McKagan from from uh, Guns N' Roses. Like, that guy was, like, a couple bottles of Jack a day, every day, plus heroin and coke and just crushing his liver, and he stopped and he probably did it for 10 years at least and he's fine he's very healthy so he's no um phil colin from def leppard oh man well from the trailer park boys right like who the guy who has a Aww, huge gut. phil collins <laughs> yeah did that guy well he partied out the door fast? too did he live fast i like mean he get into things ish like, like i know you'd see it you, you, you don't want to say but like, i don't I'm know if he that. lived fast but he was in the, like he was in the carpool like, lane sure like chris farley styles like let's get into things well no I, I i don't know i i, I don't <laughs> well, think i'd put him in that category well i i've hung out with those guys and they can party pretty hard not woof drugs or anything but drinking Really hardcore drinking, hanging out with those guys, and just steady, so, just like starting yeah. early and steady and up late. Like <laughs> yeah. I, I could never hang. No, not I, I, when I was a kid. I think I'd last two hours, throw up, and see see you guys tomorrow. That would it. That's not. Yeah, I can't. They're just good at it. Me to do that. They're just really good I at guess. it. Yes. Yeah, but uh, yes, yeah, some some. I mean, I've, I don't know. There's other guys that, that are like kind of lifers, like where you're like, man, that guy's still like that. And they're still out there. That's, they're out, there's that. There's those guys. Some of them really old. Like I've, I know heroin addicts that are in their like late 70s. No way. That have been ba- banging heroin since the 60s. Can anyone manage that? Like I, I do a all. bit of heroin? <laughs> I guess I, they must be just yeah. I can't imagine. It's so I guess I don't know. But those very few people that that are in that spot usually they die. Well, yeah, you never hear of like I'm looking forward to the weekend because I'm gonna do a bit of heroin. It's yeah, it, maybe they got that the caveman gene right, the one that uh, Ozzy and and Keith Richards have that really old. Uh, gene in their DNA that allows them to really crush their body and it's just surviving. And apparently it's just like caveman era styles. What do you mean apparently? Like you are you read it in a scientific journal or something. I did. You didn't hear about this? No. Like they, went, they looked them up. <laughs> Look, okay. you, gonna, you want me to Google it? Caveman gene. Yes, I do. DNA, but like, uh, yeah, apparently they have like, caveman gene. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah, Hold they're on. saying they's a caveman. <laughs> Who's they? Why are they saying it? Where did they get Specifically, that? Specifically, Ozzy Osbourne. <laughs> are you looking it up? I am. <laughs> caveman DNA. That should do it. Here we go. Ozzy Osbourne's genome reveals 
<laughs> Come on. on. Some some Neanderthal lineage. <laughs> Come on. What genetic uh, what genetic oddities does Rock's Prince of Darkness and Beheader of Bats have entangled deep in his genetic code? Gnome, the company that analyzes Ozzy's full genome, divulges some of the details in a Q&A. So yeah, he's got caveman DNA. Gnome saying? Look at this. I was curious, given the swimming pools of booze I've guzzled over the years... Not to mention all the cocaine, morphine, sleeping pills, cough syrup, LSD, rohypnol, you name it. There's really no plausible medical reason why I should still be alive. That's what he said? Maybe, maybe my DNA could say why. <laughs> yes. Rohypnol? <laughs> Everything. Isn't that roofies? <laughs> He's probably, yeah, he'd probably take that because he can't sleep. <laughs> Oh my god. Can you imagine? I'm tired. I've been up for three days. Give me some roofies. Like, come on. Sniffing ants. He roofied himself just to sleep. Yeah. Here's another headline Ozzy Osbourne is a genetic mutant. ABC News. Well, that's fair. So they think Keith Richards has the same thing? Yeah. Apparently he's got the same stuff. I'm hoping I have some just for longevity, man. Captain That's Caveman. like maybe the same thing. Like that, like, you know, the grandmother or the grandfather that's like 108 and they're still burling around. Oh, yeah. Like it's, 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 it's a longevity thing. It's not necessarily you can do a lot of drugs. It's just like your body just has like this tank like. Ex, you know, I guess you know uh, resistance to things. Can you imagine cavemen doing drugs? <laughs> like, I'm sure they. I'm, I'm sure they did, man. I'm sure if they like the guy who figured out whatnot, crushing something, licking a toad, and getting all fucked up in the forest, for sure he's bringing it back. And guys, check this out. <laughs> next thing you know he's he's selling it for for food neck to the next cave over like this <laughs> and then the other one licks it and it's like <laughs> That's where Scab came like, from. He's, he's like, <laughs> he's like <laughs> they, just, <laughs> they lick this toad and just make some scat. Scat is just cavemen on Gak. All of a sudden, all of a sudden, the other cavemen come around to watch. <laughs> like, how's he doing that? This, this, just give me some meat, and you'll be scatting like Mel Torme. Scoot it up, and it would dissolve too many years later, and that's David <coughs> Lee Roth. Bop, bozy, bozy, bop. Zilly bop, same thing. It's from some, it's the scat frog in the jungle and then forest floors. He's licking up. I feel like that's a short film. The scat frog. <laughs> bozy, bozy, bop. And like crazy visuals, too, obviously. <laughs> Everything's all. Colored and crazy. And the caveman sees the color of notes as they come out of his yeah. mouth. They're like burp notes. <laughs> just bozy, bozy, And the trees are all singing back. <laughs> <laughs> Everybody wants to get fucked up with him. <laughs> I guess, like the first <laughs> what if he, person in he history to get banged secret. up. He keeps it secret. <laughs> so they think he's the only one who can do it. <laughs> we're making, we're making the, we're making the story longer. 
What's wrong he with Dad? Like, <laughs> king, king of the whole land because he can scat. <laughs> and the, the his wife is like, kids, go to your cave. Because the dad came home banged up. Airball. <laughs> oh, the scat frog. There you go. <clears throat> Holy moly. Good stuff. So, uh, still haven't found a house yet here. Have you looked this week? I lost, I lost another, oh no, actually we're, we, we, uh, lost one last week, but we're bidding on one today. You are? One. Yeah. Do you like it? Did I send, did I send it? Yeah, I sent it the one with the kitchen. Oh, that's the one today? Yeah. Yeah. Oh, the kitchen is legit. It's, yeah, it's kind of like all kitchen, this house, but it's nice. It's, it's also a like, really nice lot. Has those big, beautiful, like looking hand hewn kind of beams. Like yeah. eight by eight no, beams. Yeah, it's got vibes. And it's a bungalow. You know how I like the bungies. Yeah, the curb appeal's tight. It's cool because you, if uh, it's got space to be bigger if you needed it to do, to, to do so. But it's got, because uh, right now it's. Um, the space is kind of spread out through the house, so it needs some kind of flow changes, and you know what I mean? So the downstairs felt like more of a link to upstairs. Right now it's a big separation, so... But that would be that would be good. Do you like where it is? I do. I do. It's, uh, I'm not going to say anything until, uh, until it's solidified where it is even. So do you secret. Are, are so what's the strategy? You just you go in a couple hundred over just to see? Yes. Yeah. Yeah, I think we're uh I think we're 250 over. Did you write a letter? Our bid. Uh no. Once we did the last one it didn't do anything. We're over the letters now. What if you just make it up and say like my grandmother emigrated to Canada and lived on this street? Cuz people don't care. They look. They just see numbers. Right. They 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 see even if it's like fifty grand more, they could care less about a letter. Right. Unless right. you write a letter you, on the back of a check. If, <clears throat> if it would you like great letter, that's nice, but that's fifty thousand more dollars here. No, probably not. I probably wouldn't care, and I'm as sentimental as they come. I yeah. shouldn't say I wouldn't care. I would appreciate it, and I would admire. The sentiment and it would probably yeah. resonate with me i'd feel worse about it but it wouldn't sway my decision ultimately but but at the same time <clears throat> you're seeing uh, an offer with more cash so you're looking at that as like well this is kind of a better letter of intent on how much they like my house because it's in cash <laughs> so do you <laughs> Did you look at um, conditions when people offered on your house? Or it was just the money? We actually went with, uh, yeah, no, we went with the right uh, person that was, uh, uh, I can't remember, I think it was less, maybe a little bit, but not much. And no conditions? No, they had conditions. <clears throat> but we like really liked them. We really like the people that bought this place. Actually, have a, we have a good relationship with them still. There you go. Do they write so, a letter? So yeah, <clears throat> we've <clears throat> we keep in touch all the time. We're living in their house right now. Yeah, I guess so. We ju we just extended to July. Um, so uh, so you'll be there for Canada Day. <clears throat> Jeremy, guess what April fifteenth well, is? It's the um, we're mo we're moving on Canada Day. Well, you have to be right out now, June thirtieth, don't you? Yeah, well, so yeah, you're still moving on the thir the day after. Moving isn't a perfect science when you think you have to be out by the 30th and can't move until the first of something. Yeah. That doesn't really work. Um, April no, 15th is the anniversary of the Titanic sinking. Really? Yeah, so happy anniversary. I, I, had, a, I had a relative on that. What? Yeah. How do you casually just mention that? On my mom's side. Well, were they? Like your a, great, a great great what? A great a great aunt or a great uncle, yeah. Did they uh Yeah, they died. 
Wow. I think so. They died, yeah. <clears throat> Wait, did you say I think so? I'm pretty sure. Well, because my mom would always tell me you had someone on the Titanic, and I, I, I don't ever remember. Yeah, and they live here now. Like, well, you know Greg. Yeah, it was him. Yeah, no, it's like they perished. Wow. I guess of the, was it 4,000 people died? Something like that? How many people died on the Titanic? I don't know. But do you know what I can tell you? Is that um, I changed my Siri to a British woman. What does that mean? I'll tell you. Siri, okay. how many people died on the Titanic? Oh. Wait for it. What happened? Oh, maybe it won't work with my headphones in. Yeah, it won't. Oh, but that—it wasn't it a British woman before. No. But now she's like. Remember how much? Jonathan, it's three thousand nine hundred and forty-two. Well, remember how mine's Australian. Oh yeah, right. I don't know how it changed, but it is. They also the have Australian woman. South African. It was probably Annalise that changed yours. I want I want uh, I want Ottawa Valley, like an Ottawa Valley. Oh, I know. Valley. I want Maritimes. Wouldn't that be classic? Yeah, <laughs> it's just up here, just up here on the right, eh? What are you doing tonight? <laughs> um, good chatting, bud. Oh, good chatting, bud. I went by fast. A one banger. A one banger. Have a great week. <laughs>